Today is May 1st, and I'm recording from our Class B road trek, 1995, in North Texas. And today, uh, yeah, the COVID-19 shut-in is still happening. Today is supposedly the reopening of many businesses in Texas. But um, I know for a lot of people who are not directly affected in terms of having... Uh, a family member pass away or severely uh, ill from the virus. Uh, For many people, we're just sort of passing it day by day, finding new ways to use our time. And one of those ways is watching a lot of television. And I know for us, we were just out of curiosity, watched a lot of these uh, containment outbreak type films and series and I personally have enjoyed uh, the zombie genre of television series and movies and I want to talk about zombies today and each of these here and now podcasts is trying to relate either a current event or a hobby or, or just an observation with the level of psychology information and knowledge that you can find in any intro to psych textbook Okay, so it's at that level. All right, so we're not going to talk about virology and, and, and those kind of things at that level. So this is just purely at, from the perspective of Psychology 100. Okay? All right. Um, and I cannot possibly cover every single zombie series or movie, so I'm just going to pick a few and talk about two general categories of types of zombies. It seems to me, and again, this is not covering every single film out there or or television series, but the ones that I've seen, the the zombies are either, literally, just regular humans who are infected with something similar to rabies, where they lose a sense of self and a sense of control and just makes them sort of crazy, running into walls, breaking windshields with their heads, just wanting to bite and reinfect other people okay so they're not out there to eat brains okay that might be a different genre a different type of film or to eat in general but just to infect and spread okay so three films come to mind that those zombies fall into that category um the one with will smith i am legend and by the way lots of spoilers in this okay so if you haven't seen these films watch them before listening to this Then there's World War Z with Brad Pitt and Train to Busan, the South Korean film, right? So in these three films' examples of how they portrayed zombies, it was a type of infection that was spread by biting, okay? And when someone's bit, they become infected right away within 30 seconds, right, very quickly. And in World War Z's example, there was a scene where Brad Pitt's character was watching someone during the mayhem early on getting bit. And he was counting how long it took before that person went from being on the ground to contorting and having seizures or whatever they're having and convulsions and then getting up and running around mad and their eyes change color and all that. So the reason I'm talking about this is from the perspective of psychology, are these realistic? I'm not going to talk about whether these things are possible. Anything is possible, I guess. But according to how the film portrays these zombies and this virus, is it possible? 
Now, since these th- these three films have the example of rabies that come to mind, where someone is essentially alive, but just not themselves, right? And they have no control over these sort of basic instincts, instinctual urges to just want to infect others. Um, I looked up on the CDC website under rabies, and basically any animal or human that has rabies, they it'll kill them within maybe a couple weeks, two to three weeks, un- if it goes untreated, right? And so a dog with rabies will die, a cat with rabies, you know, animals in the wild with rabies. It's a, it's a virus that kills. So if these films have that kind of virus, then if everyone just hunkers down and waits it out, um, then kind of like COVID-19 in a way, right? We, we wait it out, reduce the transmission, and those who are already infected will die out. Not that that's happening with COVID-19, okay? I'm just saying in the zombie example. Then there shouldn't be this worldwide spread and out of control and the merit, you know, government doesn't function and all that, right? Um, so I, I guess it's a stretch. I guess what they want to show is how out of control it gets and how quickly it spreads. And, and from my understanding of viruses, you know, and incubation periods, you know, nothing's going to be transmitted and infected in 12 seconds. All right. Now, let's talk about from the perspective of psychology in the brain. If these zombies are behaving the way they are, then the assumption is, and in some movies actually give you some scientific detail, like with, you know, brain scans and all that, fake brain scans. And they're showing that, well, the frontal lobe, the executive center for executive functioning, higher level functioning, that the outer cortex is damaged, right? Taken over by the virus. Well, that's interesting because that means that that virus is so specific to target those parts of the brain that it leaves other parts of the brain intact, such as the parts of the brain, parts of the cortex that receives senses from the body. Part of the cortex that sends motor neuron signals to move our muscles to go in a specific direction. So presumably these zombies like in World War Z, they stay dormant, they stand until they hear something, right? Well, to hear something, that requires the cortex. And then to run, that requires the motor cortex, right? And so is the logic that the virus only damages one specific part of the cortex and leaves everything else intact, right? And again, if if these uh, zombies are only pursuing others to infect others, then eventually they'll starve, right? With the lack of calories, they'll just die. And they're not portrayed as the kind of zombies that die and then come back to life, right? So that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking about when I watch zombie films is um, sort of the the scientific aspect of it. Is it realistic for that to happen? And, and I Am Legend, the one with Will Smith, these zombies have kind of an allergic, aversive reaction, painful reaction to UV light, so they only come out at night. Um, they again lose their sense of self. Their facial structure kind of changes. And they're very athletic. They can climb walls. They run really fast. Uh, they eat wild animals, right? And uh, and even the dogs uh, who are infected are like zombie dogs. You know, just very rabid and behave just like the humans do. But then there was one central zombie character that seems to retain more of a executive functioning. Like they, they he sensed love, 
uh, when when a mate was taken away uh, and uh, it seemed like they can plan they set a trap right so it's kind of confusing they're kind of all over the place with that and uh, so let's talk about the next category of uh, so so that's that's where I sort of draw the line with those uh, rabies types examples is how quickly they're infected of course you know you have to sort of let the imagination go with that one but in terms of what the zombies are able to do behaviorally given the viral infection right it doesn't seem to make sense to me it's not I'll have to watch some of these films again you know what is it, what part of the brain exactly is inf infected that prevents them from acting human and having a sense of self and making judgments like that okay now the TV series I want to talk about is The Walking Dead. And this I was very intrigued about from the beginning because I thought it was just very well produced and all that and good characters. And of course they had to kill off my favorite character, but I won't tell you who that was. <laughs> okay, so with The Walking Dead, again, the, the big giveaway was that late in season one, I think, and I didn't take good notes, but the surprise was that everyone was already infected. Right? So if you die of natural causes or whatever cause, then within a certain amount of time you turn and then you you're revived as a zombie okay reanimated right but you're not yourself anymore and what's confusing about the walking dead and i think they just sort of ran with it in terms of going to the extreme obviously was some people get infected you know like a regular human is trying to run away from the zombies they fight them off but they get bit then they get infected and they turn and become a zombie. But humans that are caught by a horde of zombies are eaten, right? To nearly nothing, okay? So are these zombies out to infect others or are they out to eat, right? You can assume that if they're just out to eat, then you're not really replicating more zombies. You're consuming other humans. You would have a limited number of zombies, right? Or those that are partially eaten and run away. So it's kind of confusing there. It seems like the other films with the rabies sort of model of zombies, it made more sense in a way that the goal of the virus was to infect and spread. Whereas in The Walking Dead, it doesn't seem like the goal of the virus was to walk and spread. And they couldn't run, right? Um... And so, yeah, okay, let's say they consume humans so they're gaining calories so it allows them to live. But even those with just partial bodies, they're still sort of moving and alive. And there was a CDC scene early on in the series where the guy is using graphics to show what happens when someone dies. So someone completely dies, there's no brain activity, then only the brain stem is activated. So then there's no cortex activity, right? So this is where, and we know that the brain stem is involved with autonomic kind of activities like regulating breathing, heart rate, right? Basic life functions. And I think that's what they're going at. Was that what makes you human, the cortex is gone. What you're left is the animal brain, right? Which is just out to hunt and eat. Well, the problem with that is that these zombies still walk. The zombies are reacting to stimuli like light, like fire and sound, right? In the series. So if a horde of zombies are just sort of walking along, dragging their feet on the street, like a hundred of them, 
and then they hear an explosion and they go in that direction. That requires cortex activity. That requires them to hear, which uses the cortex, as I mentioned earlier. It requires them to move, which is the brain sending a signal to walk in a particular direction. To even coordinate walking requires the cortex, right? So The Walking Dead, while it's very entertaining and it's a great human story, like what happens when society's gone amok and we turn on each other, and then fighting zombies is just sort of a side thing. You know, the zombies themselves don't make sense, right? Um, And... uh, it kind of the part where well everybody's infected because it's airborne it's just everywhere okay, that that part's sort of believable I can go with that but then what the virus does it only activates after a person dies right so as long as you're unbitten you remain yourself even though you're you're a carrier right for an indefinite period until you're bitten. So the goal of the zombie and the zombie virus and the walking dead is confusing to me. Are you out there to spread and infect or are you out there to eat? Right? Because obviously they like to show a main character or a side character who's overwhelmed by a horde of zombies and they get eaten. Yeah, right? They don't just get bit and left alone to run around and spread to others. So I think the, the walking dead falls much shorter than the rabies style of zombies in the other films. Right? Um, because I think if their goal is to eat, then they're just killing off their hosts and killing off the possibility of spreading. Um, and then also the the fact that some others seem like they've been months without nu- any kind of nutrition and there's only half a body laying on the ground and they're supposedly moving their jaw, right, because you're walking by them. Well, that's not really realistic. It, you know, there's no calories going in. How can you fuel whatever is left of the body to even move or to, to, to there's no lungs right some body parts just like there's a torso right the heart's not even pumping so wouldn't you be able to kill a zombie just by killing them uh, by stabbing with the heart right there's no blood flow there's no oxygen moving how can you fuel the muscles why does it have to be a headshot right uh, so that's all messed up the walking dead is all messed up um, so unless something new came out in the past couple seasons, I'm a season and a half behind on the very end, tail end of the series. Um, I like the actors and all that, but the zombies, uh, I would have to give them a failing grade on the the possibility of those kinds of zombies making sense based on their description. Okay, I think that's about it. Maybe I'll do another one on these different Outbreak movies. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, if there's anything interesting on television and on film that maybe I'll just do a set of review podcasts on those kinds of things and the American Psychological Association does that they will monitor media and whether it's a fiction film or a documentary they'll, they'll try to see whether or not the portrayal of psychology let's say therapy scenes or whatever whether they're realistic or not and they give them a score you know um, because even if it's a fictional film you don't want a lot of negative stereotypes about psychology and treatment and mental illness to just run amok Um, so the more realistic they are then they actually have a side benefit of being entertaining and somewhat educational as well but in any case um, these here and now podcasts are just an just an excuse for me to ramble on to myself and uh, I think that's it for today 
Okay, happy zombie hunting. This is Dr. C. I'll talk to you later. Hey there, thanks for listening to this podcast today. Can you do me a big favor? Um, Just so that this podcast gets heard by more students of psychology and other people interested in the field, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and put a little rating there if you like and uh, a brief uh, review, okay? And you can also contact me directly using the links in the description, whether it's Twitter or email, with any suggestions or feedback that you may have to make the show better. And uh, if there are any topics you want me to talk about, I can add them. And if you want to support me by buying me a coffee, the methods are listed in the description as well. Again, thanks and have a great day.